0: ones for the culture use- me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand still 10 toes down wind switching up the stance the mission of this music we just- and welcome everybody to episode 76 uh or episode one post italy in paris what a feeling to be back. What a feeling to be back. How do you feel?
1: Um sober?
0: No, let me stop. Uh, <laughs>
1: no, I have been drunk off of culture and experience and life, darling. Uh for the last almost two weeks. I feel good. I feel sad to be home, but happy to be back with the kids. Obviously, I was starting to miss those little boogers. Um, overall, great. could have used the nap before we uh, just jumped right back into our <laughs> very busy, hectic lives. But, you know, such is life.
0: That it is. Uh, we, As you can see, we are back. We are alive. We have made it. We are free of any sickness or disease any life-threatening situations. We've overcome them and made it back to the United States. There were times where I was very happy to be coming back. <laughs> now that I am back, I wouldn't mind leaving again. But we here, so uh, we're going to get to really what I'm sure you guys are here for, which is the recap of the lovely trip. For those of you who have been watching on social media or for our Patreon folks, you've already seen a little bit more in depth as far as the videos and things, but we wanted to give it to you from our perspective, um, a little bit more in depth on all the different things because there was a lot. There was a lot for us to see, a lot that we experienced, and obviously we want to communicate it in a way that it's easy to to digest, uh, entertaining enough to follow, but also educational, I guess. And uh, We learned a lot. I learned a lot. So, really good experience uh, overall for me. We did miss you guys. Um, So, as you all know, we went to Italy and we went to France. And in those travels of Italy, we went to a variety of different places. And overall, I am going to give our trip an 8 out of 10. Uh, 10 would be going to heaven. One would be going to hell, I guess. And I'm going to go eight. Um, I will get into the specifics of that here in a moment. <laughs> uh, but I did want to get to you and see what you thought. Um, So
1: I guess when I saw this little, this portion of the notes pop up, I just assumed maybe, I don't know. I think we were, I was only thinking of Italy. I wasn't thinking about like the trip in its entirety overall. like I saw it um uh, uh, in the sentence, but did I really establish it? was overall? No, mm. oh, okay. Um, so the overall trip itself, I'm still giving it a ten. Like we had an amazing time, and even though there were some very crappy portions of the trip for sure, um, on a scale of all the trips we've been on, it's definitely a ten by far.
0: So you just made up your own scale. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. It's ten out of ten. I well, and I guess if we can separate it, like the the Italy portion of the trip, uh, freaking amazing. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Highly recommend. Do it. Don't care how much it costs. Spend the money. Just go. Just don't make any excuses. Just go. Paris, on the other hand, is <laughs> real ghetto. Do not recommend. It. Like it's 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 kind of crazy how night and day the two cultures are. Paris was beautiful, but love the love. people left so much to be desired. So, I guess if you balance it out, it probably equals out to like an 8. That's what I said. Yeah. And 8 was
0: like if you take Paris away it's a, it's a 12. Exactly. Um, but Paris is so bad on so many levels that <laughs> I just I couldn't go 8. Um, I will say it had a lot as I've reflected taken some time to reflect on both sides, they offered other things. Um, Paris offered me a sporting experience I'll probably never get. Um, And I don't know what else besides that. Dang. Nothing? Um, I mean, the architecture we can get in Italy. The streets and driving we can get in Italy. The food... I'm sure there's better food everywhere. We and didn't that's even look crazy, for the crazy French food. For but,
1: real. but no, that's the crazy thing. All of the really great, highly rated restaurants that were near us, right by the Eiffel Tower, were all Italian restaurants. <laughs> Most of the little um, cafes and things that we were passing by were all offering Italian food and Italian type foods. So it was kind of weird, you know, to come from Italy and having the most amazing culinary experience probably ever. Um, And then going to a (laughs) knockoff, you know, and both were really good. We, you know, we enjoyed the foods that we did try in Paris. Um, But just, it's just Italy. I mean, what else can you say?
0: I I mean, I think that's the, the thing it's, and I don't, I guess it's just, it's so many, it's I'm at a loss for so many words. And I was trying to explain this to someone uh, this past weekend. And I was just saying my vocabulary has to expand because the varying appreciation that I have for Italy is hard to communicate and articulate. And the disdain and disgust that I had for Paris in some ways has really been disappointing. And I am a customer service person. I've been in service industries early in my life. I think everybody should do a service waiter type job, janitor type job, any of those quote unquote low service jobs where you gotta deal with people, work retail during a holiday so that you get a better understanding of how you should deal with people. And when your planes are broken, and you ruin people's transfers, you don't wash your hands with them so you can hurry them on to the next person. You listen to what they're trying to tell you instead of trying to talk over them. You actually try to understand what they're saying (coughs) and relate and empathize in some capacity. Like we're in France and the manager comes out and says in a matter of moments, well, you're a better manager than I am. Yeah, thanks, I am. But that doesn't solve my problem so that kind of attitude was was just consistent and we never really were able to shake it and i say this in the same vein that i didn't want to not like it so i don't want as we kind of go through this and we talk about the differences to people to think well he never even wanted to go or he had this negative notion of paris or french people i didn't i actually was told the opposite by a lady at our church so I went more optimistic, more, okay, we're going to give it a chance. Oh, you know, we're going to eat creeps and all the stuff. Creeps. Yeah, I know it's a joke. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, it didn't really materialize. But Italy, on the other hand, was just so different. We had one lady at the rental car place, Enterprise, go figure. And I wish I'd have got her name because I would put her on blast. But Enterprise has been good to me. I've had corporate accounts for a long time, never really had a problem. Her, not so much. Uh, But other than that, our people experience was pretty solid. Uh, They kind of robbed us at one restaurant, but I think it was just miscommunication. Um, (gasps) But even in that, like I wasn't even mad, mad. Like I probably shouldn't have been mad because I just, though they had been good to us before also. So I don't think it was malicious or anything. But yeah, that's kind of my high level. That's that's where my eight comes from.
1: Am I supposed to explain where my my well, you can, come from? You can
0: go on to the next or whatever you want to do.
1: Oh, okay. Whatever I want to do. Um, I don't know. What uh, best experience? You didn't talk about that.
0: Yep. Well, I was saying that you could have done that. But oh. I say, <laughs> um, so the next thing we did want to get to was what we felt was our best experience. And I will let you share what your best experience was of either trip. It could have been something in Paris, maybe. No. Somehow.
1: Definitely Italy. But um, That's the hard part because I want to say going to Rome and experiencing Rome. I thought going to Rome and experiencing Rome was going to be the highlight of the trip for me. Really? I did. I did not expect that. I did. I thought because you know, i love. Roman and Greek mythology
0: for. Yeah, but you're at least leading up to, I kept seeing Florence stuff.
1: Because I didn't realize how much stuff was in Florence until I really started like getting deep into everything that we were going to be able to see. And so we had this extremely extensive itinerary planned out. I picked all these cities that I wanted to go to each and every day, was particularly meticulously, laid out um, so that we could get the most out of the trip as we possibly could. And I just knew that Rome was going to be the piece the resistance. Like, I just thought it was going to be everything. Um, but Florence, Florence, Florence was it. Like, from the architecture to seeing the Duomo, just the, walking through the streets and just just the experience of that city, period, Was amazing. But then when you start talking about interacting with the people, the people were so nice. Um, The market, if I could have spent more money in probably any, honestly, any of the markets, but the market in Florence was bomb. Um, And then just all the history that was there. Again, when you think of Italy, when, you know, the first cities that you think of in Italy aren't necessarily always Florence, even though Florence was the capital of Italy at one point in time. You know, you don't necessarily, you think Rome, you think Venice, you think, depending on how into fashion you are, you think Milan. If you are an Instagram person, everybody's flooding down to the Amalfi Coast and all, you know, you know, what is it? uh, You know, like you're going further south. So I don't necessarily think Florence, outside of maybe a few travel influencers that I follow have even been. So when I got like deep into like, oh, we got to do on this tour, we got to go see where the Medici's live. Like, if you didn't watch that show on Netflix, a great show, um, I loved it. Great acting. What's it called? Medici's. Oh. <laughs> but um, I just didn't realize how much of the trip was going to real for me really be centered around Florence, um, and then just going. And again, seeing the Duomo and the cathedral and the baptistry with my own eyes, walking through the streets, walking over the Ponte Vecchio, like it was pretty amazing. And then to top it off, as we were leaving Florence on that last day, we finally found that overlook thing that we had been looking at from various points of the city, you know, over the last two days and we find it and we go up there and the view of the city and the river in the countryside behind it. No, mountains on one side, countryside, other side. Just beautiful. Like, I I just wish I had more words, better words. I should have pulled up my thesaurus before we got started. It was just overwhelming. Just awesome. And I'm surprised that it ended up being my best part of the trip. Hmm.
0: Love to a little that. place
1: oh. over in Altrono, like it was just so nice.
0: What place was that? The place where we had the meat butter, mm,
1: yeah, yeah. The... yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We just dropped in on some locals, learned some, local yeah. music, and they talked about the square and their love or dislike for hip hop. <laughs> yeah,
1: the one guy,
0: he was a younger
1: gentleman, he wasn't super excited about the fact that Kendrick Lamar had just been there. Although he did want to see Beyonce. No, he was really excited about Beyonce. He wanted to see Beyonce, but he wasn't really sure about it, I think, at the time.
0: Fair enough. Um. Yes. So, obviously, uh, I'm going to lean to the Italian side for uh, my best experience. So, this is tough for me because there's like, LeBron is coming. And will LeBron meet expectations or will he fall flat? And then there's like Steph, where it's like, oh yeah, I I could see some potential, but he might just blow it out the water. So it's like, which one do you like? And so for me, I'm gonna go with Steph. And for me that was Pisa. I up until the last like a week beforehand, I didn't even realize that we were staying oh yeah was- in, in near Pisa. And I kept saying, Pisa, Pisa, Pisa. But something you said, or some reason you mentioned, you like, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And I said, What? What? We're going to see the Leaning we're, Tower? And it just registered like, oh my God, we, we're going to get a chance to see it. Um, and so that was really exciting. And the way I had planned out the schedule was that was actually going to be the first day. In hindsight, I may have actually no, it worked out pretty good mm-hmm. um but we had like a tour of the baptistry that she talked about we we're supposed to look up the name of the cathedral and i did not <laughs> um, but there was a, a really cool for foresightal, that's not a real word what's to have foresight like a group of people having foresight i don't know I mean, but if- the idea that they were planned in such a way and strategic for the square of miracles was just really dope Uh, a lot a lot of Italian culture is based in faith which isn't surprising you think Rome and for me just Rome and Italy didn't connect for me for the longest time you think Roman Empire like they're this massive group somewhere else but no it's just a city inside of a country Mm -hmm. Um, and so to see how that played a role in obviously Christianity we're Christians um, Catholicism and the Pope being at the Vatican um, so how all of that interconnected was really cool but for me Pisa was it because that was kind of like the foundation you see the outside city walls you see the influence of the Medici is very prevalent there as well you see the the foundation of really the country is shaky the ground is just bad and they had a bunch of heavy stuff on bad ground so Pisa's leaning and actually uh, many may not know All the buildings in this miracle square are leaning because they're all based on foundations. But the way it's built, the leaning tower is way more obvious. But just little nuggets, we had some phenomenal, phenomenal tour guides. If you do go, uh, I'm going to shout out City Wonders. They were the tour we used for most of the company, the company we used the most. And they were amazing. They're the. The guys they gave us were amazing. I think they did the Rome Coliseum.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: did the, um, the Walking tour, and and that one too.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: so yeah, they, they did. I knew they did most <clears throat> of them. Uh, and they were just uh, really, really great people. The they had two ladies and a the gentleman, gentleman. and he was an archaeologist. Two of them were like archaeologists who an- worked Annette? in the area. Annette was one. Annette was the second one. Mm. Because we didn't get the first person. We, we did. We, we took the Ellie. picture with her. Um, but Annette, we did get net was. Well, you know,
1: we got a selfie with the one chick. Yeah. Um, she at, took the selfie. A. Remember? No, no, no. That was Annette. At Pisa. At Pisa. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have it. No, she took that. she took, took it. And she, took and little she, little. she did. She, <laughs> she. I don't uh, remember telling us her name. She did tell us her name at I'm the sure. very beginning of the tour. It was um, also really
0: cold that day, so
1: it was really cold every day.
0: No. Nah. Uh, so especially like the towards the end i was sweating in wrong
1: because we were walking so hard
0: well it was hot <laughs> enough I'll tell you that no the weather was actually
1: decent you know we had we dressed in layers after the first day in florence we kind of figured out okay rest, yeah. this is kind of what the deal is so we needed to make some
0: adjustments sunshine and wind if yeah. you stayed in the sun and there wasn't a lot of wind it was, it was great. perfect yeah if you were not in the sun and you had wind not so great. Freezing. Um,
1: almost lost a drone. Almost lost <laughs> the drone <drum. laughs>
0: on his first on his, All, first on his very mission, first mission. like the Titanic. God rest <laughs> his soul. Um, but yeah, that, that was my burst, best. Best. My best was the Pisa Cathedral specifically. Mm. Um, I'm they say men are visual. I might be a little bit maybe more than that. I'm not like artistic, like I can't draw, I can't make no music. But I just love arts and entertainment. Like, I love music. I love art and culture. And to see the level of excellence that was displayed, it for me, it brought heaven into perspective. Mm. Like, I hear that in heaven they're going to have streets of gold and gates of pearls and just grandiose fashion. We don't have that in America. Not really. Like stuff ain't laid out ceilings in gold. Like you don't get to see that on structures that people just go in every day. Like you might see marvel, I see stone, but just just the the level of
1: opulence.
0: Opulent. Yeah, that's a great word. It was just different. You hear about David and Solomon's temple in the Bible and how lavish things were. But then to see how they could. One, make that stuff with the tools they had in that generation. Like it just it's mind blowing that they one, wanted it to be done Two, they had like contests to figure out how to even make some of the things happen. the 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 scaffolding necessary to paint the ceilings in the Sistine Chapelite, just seeing all of that was just overwhelming for me.
1: You just talked about like three different cities all in one sentence. And that's. No, it's cool because I understand what you're saying. Like the scaffolding, like everything. It was just
0: funny to listen to. Yeah. And that's why I'm trying to convince it all. (laughs) We got so much. We're still stuck (laughs) in like the first book. But man, it was just, it was just so refreshing to see it. The the sculpting of everything Uh, in the baptistry. They played John the Baptist. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. If y'all see John the Baptist in Italy. Literally in
1: all of the renderings of John the Baptist.
0: He, he was Like bad.
1: everywhere. and He
0: pissed somebody off.
1: And th- then that's the thing. Like, John the Baptist didn't piss nobody off. Like,
0: Well, he got his head cut off. Well, but yes. In Italy, I don't know the, why. <laughs> they looked at like, it, he looked broke.
1: You would think. He was like the
0: raggedy uncle you got. No, but
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, in his time, yes, he was hated. But the people who were painting him,
0: were, they him like had so much
1: love and reverence for him. You would think. You would think that they would have hooked my boy up with a nice cloak or something. But every single painting, every sculpture of him, like he was in worn, tattered clothing. He had the most beat up little like they couldn't even His give my man was a nice stab. Right?
0: Like <laughs> brittle. It was just. It was all. Bad. It was all bad. All bad mary mary got a lot of love mary got mad like, oh, actually
1: and that's the thing most of the churches were named after mary yeah so after a while you they, call madonna What's, no, well that's a painting oh. a, <laughs> why you call her that because that's the name like, i can't remember like why it was named that but oh. the madonna and the baby like there's a specific term for it oh like it's not madonna the singer
0: I, duh, I knew okay.
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, St. Saint, Saint Mary or uh, Santa Maria or It was mad, mad her. But most of it, most of the cathedrals were named St. Mary something something. Mm-hmm. So they all just kind of got mingled at some point in time.
0: Fair enough. Uh, speaking of getting mingled together, I'm just going to mingle this together because y'all have heard it and I'm not going to go off too much more. Paris sucked. The airport was trash. Air France Y'all are the absolute most trash airline I have ever experienced in my life. I know I've been over on 50 different flights in my life. Easy. This was by far the worst customer service experience. The worst plane situation that y'all had. There was no backup. We got stuck in Florence because there was a part that was broken. And then they had to fly the part to us, fix it. Then they didn't even fix it. They put us on a different plane. Yeah, like Didn't announce it. We were in the lounge just waiting. Then all of a sudden they were boarding the plane. We had to catch the shuttle, like just the absolute trash from top to bottom. We got there. We waited in line. They didn't say nothing to us. And again, this was in Italy. So I'm going to blame this on France. This is Air France people that permeated the borders of Italy and destroyed its peaceful, (laughs) prosperous outlook on life. And they poisoned it with these people that were just sitting there and just had us standing in line, filling up and wouldn't say nothing. I finally walked up like, yo, are y'all open? Like, what's up? He said, we're not open yet. Okay, when you'll be open. Five minutes. You couldn't say nothing. You just got to stand in here with all our stuff. Like, every person that works for them was just incompetent and dumb. And I don't understand where they hire these people. I don't understand where they solicit jobs. I don't understand if there's a recruitment company they use. But y'all suck. And I cannot reiterate that enough. If y'all were not a part of this trip, this might've been, I might've been able to die and go to heaven and live a great (laughs) life because that would have been a heavenly vacation. But no, I started in Paris and I had to end in Paris. So I'm stuck with that in my psyche for the rest of my life that this experience was tainted by y'all. That's all I'm gonna say about Paris and France. Hopefully I don't mention it again in a negative light on this podcast. But I want y'all to understand how upset and disturbed I was that I had to deal with them. Even on the way home, I had to scan my boarding pass eight times. We had to scan a boarding boarding pass, not a passport. The boarding pass I had to scan eight different times by like military personnel. Like, why? We had to go to different terminals with no signage anywhere. It was just some cut, like some alleyway that they stick you at the end of the airport and then you can't bring your little cart down. So like, it was just the worst. Like, and it was all races. There was black people that sucked. It was white people that sucked. It was like a Middle Eastern chick that when we landed and they told me to go see the agent, you sucked too. There was a foreigner in Italy that I had to talk to. He didn't know nothing. The pilot, that no one knew anything, but passed me to the next person until I got to the final <laughs> boss, who was a useless manager, who basically said I would be better at his job than he was, and go online. That was my Air France experience. That was my France-Paris experience for a lot of it. And that's why you ruined a beautiful Mona Lisa and put a joker smile on her, because y'all sucked. I'm done. Oh man. Um what was your worst experience? Um well
1: since Ray already went down the list of everything that went wrong. <laughs> um it's obviously, uh definitely the air France, flying with air France, specifically air France. Let's say it again, Air, air France. France. If you can get to France, (laughs) Paris, any of these French country, any of these French places without flying Air France, I would highly recommend it. It was just an awful experience from start to finish, to be 100% honest. Um, There's not really anything nice I can say about Air France, except definitely improve upon your customer service practices. There was only really one person, um, the, the lady, lady. Who, the lady who helped us after our flight got delayed going into Paris to get us to Florence. Um, she was able to get us on the very next flight to Florence, which also got delayed. Which was also delayed. Um,
0: after they threatened to call the police,
1: <laughs> um, she kindly explained. The baggage policy that was not clear on the website, um, and checked our over over bags, um, for free for us. Um, so there's small blessings in every situation. Obviously, we have favor with man because we were able to make the next flight and we were able to, you know, get to Florence still the same day, a little bit delayed, but a little, the, still the same day. Now, coming back, Air France, Jesus, um. Yeah, there are a lot of words that I'd like to use, but I am saved, so I'm not going to use them, but having to sit in the, if we had not been in the, the chairman's lounge um, for those, what, six hours, five, six hours waiting in Florence for the new plane or whatever the situation was that was never fully explained to us as the passengers having to delay our flight to another city, I will say. I would have probably been really, 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 really pissed off. like I think because we were able to sit in the Chairman's lounge and enjoy the free food and drinks, we were able to temper
0: <laughs> it was a lot easier to, to temper
1: to do. our anger um, <clears throat> had we just been sitting at the gate for six hours waiting for our delayed flight um. And like he said, the experience with the manager, once we landed in Paris, because at that point, we had lost a whole day. We got up early. Our plan was to fly into Paris early and hit the Louvre. We, were, we weren't able to be get tickets to go. So we were just going to stand in line. That was our plan for the first day, get in there and see the Louvre, because we knew it was closed on Tuesdays and we leave on Wednesday. And because we had not previously purchased a ticket, the fact that we no longer even had the opportunity to stand in line and wait to possibly potentially get in there, that manager didn't care. He did not care that we had missed other things that we had planned on doing that evening. He cared. The only thing he cared about was the fact that we didn't have a connecting flight that we had missed. So we were at the end of our contract Contract as they put it, and basically, if there wasn't anything that he wanted, you know, what we needed to plan. if we didn't need another fight, we were not his problem. Um, So, that was really disappointing to watch and listen to. Also, as someone who's worked in customer service for a really long time, like, nah, the customer is not always right, but when you mess something up, or, you know, you, especially for time, I'm a hairstylist, Time is very important to people. Someone comes to my chair, I'm running two hours behind. That means their appointment is going to be at least three hours behind. You let that person know and you make it right. Period. That's good customer service. Give them an option to opt out even if you want. Like There's so many other ways that he could have Fixed that situation or even de-escalated the situation. But he didn't do any of those <clears throat> things. He was mad rude. Mr. Sergey Renault. Um, I do remember his name. And trust, when we write that review, his name is going to be in there. So Air France, y'all can suck it. Suck it. Suck it. But Paris itself, like, uh, you know, French people, I learned y'all suck. Or generally, y'all aren't the nicest people. You could definitely use some etiquette classes. But Air France specifically almost tried to ruin my trip. But I didn't let them steal my joy.
0: Um, well said. Well said. Uh, Sergey, if I ever see you and you're not working at an airport, that I would risk getting arrested internationally. <laughs> and put I on working? a
1: no-fly zone. Yeah, put yeah. on a no-fly list.
0: I need to fly. But yeah, if the opportunity presents itself, Lord willing, We're going to handle that different.
1: But even still, like, I just gave Air France a lot of hard time. I gave them a hard time. But the Paris airport, the Charles de Gaulle airport, that's the worst airport I've ever flown through in my life. I have flown to third world countries. I have been to Mexico in the middle of COVID. We went to Barbados in the middle of COVID. Like, and these are some of the tiniest airports with the not the greatest level of technology (laughs) and i mean charles de gaulle was probably like outside of flying into terminal 5 of heathrow probably one of the nicest airports i've ever been in now i know there are other ones nicer ones in the world one in like yeah whatever i'm talking about charles de gaulle beautiful airport the most dysfunctional unfunctioning functional place ever why we had to scan our boarding classes, how many times At we scanned it to get to times. security, then we scanned it again to get to security, then we scanned it in security, then we got past security, well, so we did scan that boarding pass. Then guess what? After we they checked our passports and we scanned it again, we ran down a long hallway, went through duty-free, and then what? Scanned it again. I I, I don't think I've ever kept such good track of my boarding pass. Ever before, (laughs) you don't lose your boarding You don't.
0: You're not gonna lose your boarding pass. You have to redo all. It was just a mess. I oh, speaking of the airport, we're here. (laughs) I had a hoodie on, a hoodie, actually a zip-up hoodie. Not even a real hoodie. It had nothing in the pocket. I had nothing Mm. in the pocket. When I say nothing, I mean nothing was in my pocket. We're rushing to get to. uh, We got to the airport like two hours early. No, we got to the airport almost three Three hours hours. early. Let's start there. Because of the ridiculous security measures, we were now running late. We didn't stop anyway. We didn't get a chance to eat. We did nothing. We just went through the steps they put in place. It took almost three hours. My hoodie that had nothing in it gets pulled aside by security. It was the only thing in the bin. Just my hoodie with nothing in the pocket. I had to stand there and wait and risk missing our flight because they wouldn't give me my jacket that was there with nothing in it
1: meanwhile they let my drone fly right
0: through like
1: didn't even look at it just the
0: just the oh my god it was so bad it was so so bad but on two positive things um i thought it was important because we did kind of go into this with some preconceived notions of stuff we wanted to do i gladiator is a top three movie of all time for me one of my favorites i loved it our kid is named after a uh, character in the movie like Mm, we did do that didn't we yes we did um as a unit together it is just it was great and so i didn't really know what to expect um by getting a chance to see the roman coliseum like i watched spartacus I watched mad shows and movies about that era and that world. So our room did have, and I'll try and sift through all the pictures and find, we had a view of the The Coliseum Coliseum. from our room. Definitely worth it. Had made some life memories just with everything that was going on. Like just such a great time. And it's so big. Like I've obviously been to stadiums. But again, thinking of how the heck they made that thing and then fixed it multiple times that long ago is just mind blowing. Like it's massive. They could fill it up with water and then drain. it. And the I water didn't know that. Yeah, like, like
1: it was a full-on theater. People like the trap went doors there were real. for real entertainment. So not just to get your head cut off and. It's not know, even how it started. Yeah, like like it was literally a theater and they would put on these enormous performances for free for the Mm -hmm. people. And just when you start to think about it and then you start when you're standing in the middle of this arena and you're looking out and you're thinking about how many people used to fill up what used to be the stands. It's just like the it makes you really I think, uh, ugh, what's the word? Because I said it when we were there. It really makes you want to push your thought process more. It makes you it makes you it makes you want to go harder because it's like, like you said, the Coliseum was built literally thousands of years ago, and it's still standing. and although it's not like completely still standing, they're in the works of talking about. Revamping it so they can go back to hosting events there. the The foundation and the structure is what is still strong enough for them to even consider doing something like that. Meanwhile, we have buildings, you know, this house or any house, the weakest little <clears throat> hurricane or something come through and it's gone. We like, and then, then when you come back to America and you think about how this country was built and what it was built on. Even the things that we do have that are older, that we are supposed to revere and appreciate, it's tainted, it's stained. It's just not the same as, you know, for black folks in America looking at our history here as it is looking at it there. It's, it's just opens your mind is what I'll say.
0: Like they had seat numbers, uh, even back then, that each gate was is numbered for you to know what, where you would enter into based on your family value system. Like, just the meticulous nature of everything to make things as efficient as possible. Um, they literally had trap doors that they could drop stuff in and then bring stuff up. Like, hundreds and thousands of years ago, they knew to not only think of it, but create it in such a way. And that was really the experience in Rome is just whether it's the arches or the aqueducts that like we were walking around, I think it was Rome where the Trevi fountains in Rome, right? Mm -hmm. So in Rome, like you can drink the water on the street. Like this is a populated city that's been living for centuries and you could drink the water out of a fountain on the street. That was built literally thousands of of years years
1: ago. ago. And it's just like that. Like Again, like you said, like that realization of seeing what, human hands like what we are truly capable of when we put our minds to it it's just kind of insane indeed um
0: but for me the coliseum was definitely what i was looking forward to the most and like i was made the lebron comparison earlier it over delivered like i didn't know all of what to expect when i got a chance to walk on the floor um on the grounds but just to to be in a place where the greats have been to be in a place that has seen and experienced so much over the years, to be still standing, to go through the bunch of different facelifts and restorations, but to still be this pillar that's just a like pillar they of were
1: excellent. Taking pieces from it at one point in time to during the Middle point. Ages, mm-hmm. because there were the statues of stone and silver and marble and like, there are all these trinkets of things that have been stuck into this beautiful building that the city now needed to defend itself. So they went and were taking the iron and, you know, breaking yep. down, yep. you know, melting down gates and chains, you know, that were once used to house gladiators, basically, to make bullets so that they could defend the city. Like, it's just so much history in every inch of it. It is definitely crazy. Yeah.
0: What about you? So,
1: So what was I looking forward to the most? I think I was looking forward the most to the Vatican and specifically the Sistine Chapel. Um, I have heard stories about how amazing it is. I have seen pictures online, pictures in, I took an art history class. So I've seen pictures of it in books, learned about it. But I, so I just had this idea of like this, kind of like how your response was to the Santa Maria Church in the Square of Miracles in Pisa. I thought we were going to walk into the chapel and I was going to look up and just be moved by art and just be overwhelmed really by it. When in reality the Sistine Chapel was like a little dark room with no windows almost super crowded with risers on each side um it was dark honestly for it to be a room of such magnitude and cramped obviously because there are a lot of people there and rushed like we booked the tour we could have stayed in the room longer um but we had obviously had to go with the rest of the people. But even if we had not been on the tour and had stayed in the room, like just the way that they had people in the room, spaced in the room, you can't really enjoy it. At least not in the time we had and not in one visit. It's huge, but it's so small at the same time. And there's so much detail in... All of it. Because it's not just the point where, you know, God is giving life and consciousness to Adam. There is so much more up there on that ceiling. You've got um, different stories of Jesus's life. You've got different stories of, was it Moses? Jesus and Moses? Yes. So you've got different stories from Moses's life. And there is just so much. And then obviously... On your way into the Vatican, if I mean into the Sistine Chapel, if you do a tour, they're explaining to you the history and how everything got built and how everything was painted and made. So you learn that the the what was it? The the thing, the what's it in the behind where the people talk? Altar. The altar. Gee, I couldn't think of the word. So you learn that Leonardo painted the altar later on in his life after. He painted. I said Leonardo. You did. <laughs> <clears throat> you learned that he painted the altar after he painted the the ceiling, and then even still, he came back and did even more work in the chapel after he was well into his older years. And so, to see the beauty, and then to understand what that man, uh, those men, went through to paint and you know create this beautiful work of art. You really need time to stand there and appreciate it. You need more light to really stand there and appreciate it. And for it to have been this thing that has been in my head of me wanting to see for the better part of half my life. And then I finally get to go there and I see it and it just wasn't everything that I wanted it to be. I definitely would go back and maybe just sit there in the middle of the floor and let people walk around me. I don't know, so that you can really sit there, so that you can take it in and appreciate it.
0: Hmm. That is not at all um, where I thought you were going to go. Yeah. Uh, I I don't disagree with the rushed part. I think part of the problem is it is a smaller room in a massive installation. Mm, it is. And it's like the room of the massive installation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's tough that that's the room everybody wants to get in, but that structure of the Vatican is a city, like it's a country. literally. So I, I can understand why it was as tight as it was. Obviously, it's sacred, so they didn't want any pictures or videos of people talking, which that nobody's really following that when you got that many visitors just being honest but for me I think the other part is because of where it's located and because of literally the entire room being painted I don't know how much you can bring in there to add light because like, yeah. you have to go through the walls and I don't think they try and go through the walls because literally from like the middle up is all paintings everywhere like so I think it's difficult for that reason. And for me, I appreciated that because it felt different. It felt sacred. It felt like it was supposed to be a place of calm and different mm-hmm. from everywhere else. So It's not supposed to be a museum. Correct.
1: Yeah, 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 it's yeah.
0: supposed to be a chapel. place um, of worship. It's a distinct chapel.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so whereas when we went to St. Peter's Basilica, like they was doing mass and people were just walking around just chilling. Right, just taking pictures, videos, and they singing in Latin. Yeah, it's just this. I think it's supposed to be different. I don't know. Here's the other part. I don't know what low season means in Italy, but there's no such thing. I don't know what high season is because the Trevi Fountain, we couldn't get a picture of us. Like the Colosseum, no, it was
1: us and like ten other people. The Colosseum
0: packed. Uh, the Pisa Tower was constantly people going around. Everywhere we went, there was people. And the city streets was lit.
1: Yeah, and they were saying this is a low season. And I can't imagine what it's like there like in the middle of July.
0: Parking was bad when we was there. We couldn't
1: find parking
0: anywhere. (laughs) I don't know. But in our suggestion to y'all inside school, I would go before March and probably after September. Uh, Anything in between that, I think you're going to have a tough time. Cause And we we were there for Valentine's Day, but it wasn't like the one she was celebrating Valentine's. Like, I didn't see really any Valentine's Day stuff really over there like that. What'd you see?
1: I saw mad Valentine's Day stuff. Of the people? Yes. Even, like, the like the way the restaurants were set up and...
0: Which restaurant? All of them, right? <laughs> I did not see no... Maybe Williams. not DiCarlo. The but, only place I saw like that was Paris. No, and our hotel had a crazy little Bruh, photo set up.
1: Jolie, every day we went in there had a different Valentine's display for the. Um, like I've got videos of it.
0: You don't the cupcake or the the donut?
1: No, I mean they had like a whole um Valentine's display of I all see, the, of that. the pretty deliciousness. I see it. Oh, I have videos and pictures of it. And, and a bunch of, of the restaurants. Really? Well, we
0: was walking around one night. Somebody tried to sell us flowers. I didn't even see a bunch of that. I didn't see a bunch of people dressed up. Like I didn't see it.
1: I think you just don't be paying attention. Because even on Valentine's night, like mad people in our hotel were outside yes. taking and pictures. I said,
0: and- it in yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. made sense. But even the restaurant we went to wasn't like lit. lit. Granted, it was super it late. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> It's Valentine's night. People going be out late drinking, having a good time, I would have thought.
1: Well, in, we in were Paris, blah, blah. Well, we were down the street from the peep show place. So, so
0: I would have thought it'd been lit lit.
1: I'm sure it was on the inside. No. Of all the places. I mean,
0: the the city was kinda quiet, that's all. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. Where were we? Where were we? We'll pick it up a little bit. Um do so I want to do that? Yes. So I would kind of explain leaving Tower exceeded my expectation. Uh, but there was something that it didn't let me down, but it was just a lot to digest. So when you travel, you just notice things. And as I've gotten older, as a minority in this world, you just notice things. And I know the history of America's mad racist and they keep trying to erase it and say it didn't happen. We know it did. Conversation for another day. But I'm not going to lie. Going in these museums, (laughs) it is so white. It's ridiculous. Like you can walk in a room and there'd be 20 paintings and it's all white people. And not just one white person per picture, like 20 white people in one picture. So it's just white. White, 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 white everywhere. And after a while, it was a lot for me. Like, I understand, like, I ain't the biggest. Oh, I need to see representation, but god dang. Can we get like one or two brothers and something? (laughs) Like, black people didn't exist in Italy or Paris, apparently. (laughs) Uh, not when they was painting stuff. (laughs) Like, I don't know where we were every time they had to sit down to paint, but we was nowhere to be found because we wasn't in no pictures. And so that was a little disappointing. Obviously, I'm not I wouldn't expect them to have dreadlocked Jesus in any of the paintings.
1: It would have been nice to see a dreadlock Jesus or some kind of like, modern installation of something. interpretation of Christ because it was a lot of like white Jesus. And it wasn't just white Jesus, it was like the creepy white
0: Jesus yeah. picture. And it was and mad the creepy. Baby. Yeah, and it was mad dicks. <laughs> dicks everywhere like
1: there were a lot of small
0: dicks like like, i don't know if that was like a thing back then but everybody had a small dick so it was really kind of weird uh walking around with all those white penises everywhere uh just naked white people all around statues of it paintings of it they was doing some real yeah and and great
1: some chick I was going to say that was one thing I think that was interesting to take away from the experience of being immersed in Italian art from the Italian Renaissance um to see the difference in the sculptures um before the Renaissance and the sculptures after the Renaissance mm. the sculptures before the Renaissance were all very static they were literally like just these stone figures carved into time and that was it. Whereas the they started moving. Yeah. Whereas the statues after and during the Renaissance, they show expression and there's a lot more movement and like you really feel the emotions that are being carved into the stone. Um as Ray pointed out, not all of those emotions were great. When a lot we of were, them was bad. Yeah. And the altar um for what was it? the cathedral there were specific scenes um carved into one though was when the pharaoh ordered for the babies under all the boys under the age of two all to be killed and so the 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 statue oh i wouldn't say it's a statue it was
0: like a painting but like a
1: sculpture it was a sculpted painting boom that's what we're gonna call it um to see the emotion in the mothers trying to grab their children from the soldiers. And like, there was one where there's like a soldier and he's like washing out with a whip. Like it was not quote unquote real, but dang gonna, if I didn't start feeling like somebody give me a shovel or something so I can help this woman to <laughs> her baby. <laughs> it was so emotional. Um, But yeah, there was a lot of, it was a lot of whiteness and we are very pro-black here at the Bond Chronicles. We are. And it was, it was, it was a
0: lot. I'm okay with appreciating some white people. Like y'all did some stuff, but it was just a lot. And then, um, like the statue of, was it Nero? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one was dope. He, uh, cut Medusa head off.
1: Oh no, no, no.
0: That wasn't, that was,
1: um, Perseus.
0: Yeah. That, that was a dope sculpture uh david i don't even think we got the david yeah and
1: that's what we was i was that... about to do.
0: that's my thing that okay. was my thing that was um, yeah so yeah that, that was really it just it was a lot of white jesus and a lot of white people and then white nakedness it's just a lot of white for me that might have been most white nudity i've ever been around actually <laughs> so it was it was a lot for me um after a while i just i kind of had to blank it out and just get out of there
1: yeah, we lot. did after a while. When, and this was specifically when we were walking through the Uffizi Gallery. Um, one, it's huge, it's like four floors. Yes, yeah, over and it's like this, it's like an entire city block. It's probably the same size as the um, if you've ever been, the African American Museum of Arts and History in Culture D.C. in DC. Like it's a really long name, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Similar to that, really big. Full of a bunch of white paintings <laughs> like Venus de Milo was there, the birth of Venus. um it was beautiful. That was a cool painting to see in person. um but
0: there was, was some a, other stuff that was cool, but after a while I was like, so
1: right. just a lot of death
0: too oh, and
1: I wish I had I, I didn't write down the name of it the oh, the lady, the lady ladies, they, so there's a story in his, you know Roman history or. Florentine history. This woman, she goes to save some people, so she cuts the dude's head off, and she's just parading around Florence, I guess, with old boy's head to prove that she was actually the one who cut off old boy's head, and her little maidservant is following behind her. We saw 30 of those paintings, at least, and a different interpretation of each and every one, but every single one included her Cutting that that man's head off. And some were way more graphic and gory than others. I'll tell you that. But David. David, David, David. So I was not super excited to see David.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm going to be completely honest. Like I knew that Michelangelo had sculpted the David. And it was a big deal. But... I didn't know why it was a big deal. So let's start off for one. I found out that David was like David from the Bible, like David and Goliath. Oh, that David did not know that, (laughs) had no idea. And so obviously upon seeing David and understanding that it was David in the moment before he defeats Goliath, then you makes you it makes you look at him and it's just like oh david's getting ready to go fight he's just standing he's calm he's cool he's collected but then you look at his face you look at the statue's face and you see like the concern and like the concentration in his brow and then, obviously, we didn't know these things. We were learning from our tour guide. She was amazing. She obviously paid attention in all of her art history classes. <laughs> um, you learned that David is anatomically correct. Everything about David is exactly where it's supposed to be in the human body. So, uh, I didn't know what details you were going to share about
0: David. Um so, the even the way he's standing, so the motion in which he's standing, the way in which his arm is down on one side would cause veins because he's grabbing his sling. So that's rock
1: uh-huh. in this hand, he's holding the the yeah, but the, rock. the rock with the sling. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Um, one, there are rocks in on one, I didn't know David had a sling on his back. Um, so I just thought he always had this cool pose because he was strutting or something. But he is literally fighting alive. So if you look in his top shoulder, there's a rock that you can see is already in the sack, and then it goes down his back, his naked back, of course. Um, and I'm not gonna lie to this. I'm gonna say no homo, y'all can't find it. No, David in my was kind of thick. David, he, he thick on him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's well in well put Michelangelo, Michelangelo, like the little yeah, mm-mm. he liked like the little thick men. <laughs> I don't know. But um uh, Anyway, so it comes down to the way in which he's even standing, the way in which his veins are structured, the way in which his arms are, his fingers, everything about it would be as if a real human today did that same movement, they would have that same pose. So the theory is that Michelangelo used to, like... You no, know, with- there's,
1: there's no theory. Okay. Like, he studied medicine. Okay, so Well, he studied the human physiology so that he could be a better sculptor.
0: Yeah, so... What that means is like he was dealing with a lot of dead bodies and stuff. He was cutting people open. Yeah, so that was a lot to kind of process. I just thought it was a cool statue. Uh, also, it changes. Like when you're really far away, it looks one way. When you get up closer, it the proportions are different. Uh, he's but looking all good, perfect. But he's still perfect because he was initially supposed to be outside. He wasn't supposed to be inside. So he was supposed to be seen from far. Uh, but then they changed their mind and they brought him inside. Like. Lots of uh, cool nuances to it. Uh, he has been attacked uh, by, by crazy, crazy people. <laughs> uh, so his toes, he, he had to get a pedicure because um, his toes a <laughs> little. jacked Yeah, they had to hook him up. Hook yeah. him up. Uh, that happened a couple times. People just be wilding and beating on the statues, which is just crazy to me. But people be crazy, so I guess it shouldn't be surprising. But no, he was a a dashing young fellow that slayed Goliath and became king became king but that's the thing
1: and so again and that that, again i I don't think i put it together even until we were there and like immersed in all of it that most of the italian culture it's especially when you're talking about ancient italian culture um is ingrained in religious history and but there's so much mythology and they've Mm. like kind of Wrapped it all into one book. I don't know what you want to call it, because like you'll be standing and looking at a painting, and in the painting, let's say you have Jesus. You have Jesus in the painting, yeah. But then somewhere else in the same painting, in in a smaller scene, you'll have like Zeus attacking somebody, (laughs) like with a lightning bolt,
0: Nike, Aphrodite, or or something. Mythology. So
1: like they had like this supreme understanding and love and fear and respect for God and biblical characters. But at the same time, their culture and their history of mythology was still ingrained in so much of their artwork and their lives. It's just a lot, it was a lot. And David was amazing because it was just amazing. Michelangelo carved David out of what? She's he's uh, he's seventeen feet tall. People it's fourteen. Four, I thought it was seventeen. No, it's fourteen.
0: 14? Fine. Fourteen. I think but he's 17. made out of like bad material. Like it was two other people tried to make him and couldn't. And Michelangelo's like, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and no, and he did done.
1: and got it done in spectacular fashion because David is literally and he was perfect.
0: working like. The, the without him there's nothing in Italy. There, <laughs> Italy if there's no Michelangelo and no Medici I don't know that Italy is Italy, the destination ain't, Italy ain't it it's just not it so shout out to them and as crazy as he was and as bad as they were y'all needed it. Uh which brings me to something a little less um, as we kind of begin to wrap a bit um, and YouTube, congratulations, y'all got a good one out of us, but it was just so much. Y'all y'all deserve it. Y'all been rocking this for a long time. Um, but when you talk about unassuming, that's one of the words to me that describes Italy. I can't tell you how many different massive, historically famous things we stood right next to or within a matter of feet from, and you would have never known it existed. From walking through the gate in Pisa to turn in a corner and see the Duomo, to turn in a corner and sing the Coliseum, to the Sistine Chapel—not Sistine Chapel, the uh, Trevi Fountain, where mm-hmm. it was located. It just—you're just walking down this narrow street with all these little people trying to hustle you and gain you and get your money—and then, boom! This something marvel. massive is just there. Like we were just ry- like she talked about, we were just winding on this road. And then all of a sudden there was this little drop off, this little pull off spot, like a rest area. But you see all of Florence and beyond, like there were so many of those instances. And that even on the smaller scale, uh, one of our last days, we went to a place that was literally like across. I don't want to say across the street, because but it looked almost across the street from where we were. But it was a town, maybe like literally and a whole different minutes, city. It was
1: a whole different city that we seven had a view away. of.
0: 10, like 10 minutes yeah. okay so let's say 10 minutes because you got to wind up all mm-hmm. the crazy hills but we're just you know we go up this this street this random street and there's a bunch of this you don't know if it's a real street if it's supposed to be a walkway for just people you just be driving and the google maps be taken whoever <laughs> program google maps god bless you because i don't know how you found these roads Mm-mm. but you're going and we we Go to eat at this one place that's about to close in Italy because the service is amazing. You can show up five minutes before they close. And they will make you food. They will make you food. It will be hot and they will not rush you. They will engage you. They will talk to you. They won't be like, God dang, you just ruined my time to get off. They feed you so well there. Nothing like that. Service top notch, checking on you when needed and leaving you alone, even though you know they're trying to get out of there. But on our way out, on the way up, I happened to see this little colorful walkway And on the way out, she was like, yeah, we can, I saw it on Google Maps that said there's an overview. And I'm like, okay, cool. It'll be some like view because where our view was really nice. Yeah. But when I tell you, and I'm going to try and put up the video, I think it's on your phone. It was Uh, beautiful. Like we were just walking through this free little museum. Art gallery. Art gallery kind of thing with these sculptures that was like seven.
1: It was um, inspired by Devon. Dante's Continue. Divine Comedy. And they were interpretations of the different seven circles of hell.
0: Um, and this was in the Jerusalem of Pisa? Or something? And
1: basically, Petuli is the considered the Jerusalem of Tuscany. Oh, Did not actually figure out why, because all of the signs were in Italian. <laughs> yeah, so didn't really read it. And my but, Italian isn't strong enough for that yet.
0: But we're just walking through this little gallery that we just happened to find, and then was it a door? Yeah, it was yeah, a we go through a door. You go through a door and then it just opens up and we're like on the backside of almost look like a mountain because we had driven up the hill into the city, but it's like the backside, and it was rolling. I mean rolling hills and just beautiful, just beauty, like. So beautiful and so calm, and the people are out there just so nonchalant and just and they
1: see it, and that's the thing they life. see it every day. So maybe they don't understand the gravity of the beauty that they literally live yeah. are surrounded by. But when you think about America and how frequently <laughs> and how often all of our green spaces are teared down, there's you know, parks and things, but it's not the same as just a natural, undisturbed countryside and just walking out there. And it was not quite sunset yet, but it was that that early time before dusk. Just beautiful view. There was not a cloud in the sky. So your visibility had to have been at least 20 miles. And that's with no glasses or anything. Like just amazing. And we're standing there literally, it's our last day, and so we're just like, dang, we're going to Paris. Super excited to go to Paris, but I was not look at this. Can we just stay here? Can we just stay here and soak this up just a little bit longer? Because I don't want to leave and forget what this was like because I don't think, I don't have anything that's comparable. We have seen beautiful sunsets. Costa Rica, a beautiful place. Cabo, beautiful place. I, like, I've been some places. Amazing! There was nothing like that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Hands down. I don't think I could find that anywhere else. But trust and believe. I'm gonna try.
0: Um, so no, that was probably the biggest like surprise. Because again, just like we had foods from the place, like we were getting it to go back, and so we was like, oh, "We'll just stop over yeah, here, real stop quick in here, and take and see a look." Like. And man, like, just breathtaking to to see and experience that. In a place that no one would ever think. And to your point, you were saying, like, the beauty of, excuse me, Italy versus here. They put that new area in downtown DC. Mm. The new shops,
1: yeah, 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 don't
0: look nothing like the buildings around it. Because downtown we, DC has a lot of that older look. But we tear it down. But we, we tear, tear it down and we put up these super cool modern structures. Even in the fact that this structure that we're talking about was modern. It didn't, it still fits the city. They paint the new buildings to be the same color. So it looks like the, the old ones. They, the aesthetic,
1: it all matches. The
0: architecture, even the stuff that gets damaged. Like they, some of the buildings got damaged. They took the rocks from those buildings and then rebuilt new stuff.
1: Oh, right. Um, during World War II, Florence was bombed terribly. They destroyed almost every bridge except for the Ponte Vecchio. But instead of destroying the Ponte Vecchio, they blew up all the streets leading to the Ponte Vecchio. And one of the market streets that we were walking down, had our tour guide not told us yeah. that the, every building on that street was brand new, we would have had no idea. Because the way that they basically salvaged the rocks and rubble and everything from destruction and rebuilt everything, it was just beautiful. Amazing. Uh, amazing, not enough words, um, and obviously not enough time because. <laughs> yeah,
0: and this was over the course of about ten days. We 50, did through the fifteenth. We did, like that. so we we did do a lot. Uh, the Italian portion, I would suggest having a car, uh, just because it gives you the flexibility. And there's a bunch of places we still didn't get to that I really wanted to get to, uh, mainly San Gimiano. It has like these really tall towers that. I think are really cool. She can do all that she wants. She not how to drive a stick. We can go wherever she want to go. Um, But oh, it was just a little spicy, man. I say a little, little, did, a like little I wasn't trying to go. a little um, spicy. Okay, driving to and from Rome and day after day, but it's cool. It's cool. It was a great time. It was great scenery.
1: And he loved super scary.
0: What? I do not. Um, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> I do it because I value my life.
1: Exactly.
0: And so I do what's necessary. But driving there was an experience. The food and drinks uh, were something that we'll get into a little bit more detail because I know we're, we're kind of long here. Uh, we'll probably get to a little bit on Patreon. Uh, but there was just so much. Uh, we got some hidden gems for food um, as far as how to drink. If you're into drinking, we, we got some some nuggets for you there. Um
1: we will definitely be doing a video on all of our little tips and tricks for any of our followers or you know people who are planning a trip to Italy or thinking about planning a trip to Italy. Um at some point it'll be part of the Paris too. Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paris too.
0: We still learned a lot. I would say that.
1: We did. Um, and it'll be part of a nice little playlist that we'll put together for you guys after. We have compiled all of the content that we took because we did take a lot of pictures, videos, and everything. And like my darling husband said, Patreon has already gotten a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Some of these things will be on, available for YouTube at some point in time. But if you want everything now, you know what
0: to do. For as low as $5 a month, you too can live vicariously through us um, <laughs> but no just really great one other thing one nugget i'll give you this one for the last one for free gas if Bro. you see that it's a dollar 89 or you think it's a dollar 89 or one eight one i don't know even say euro i don't one, know one one euro and 89 euro i don't know how it works but you just say it the same say it, so it's a dollar 89 you're saying a dollar a Euro, yeah, a Euro 89. 80. Euro 89. That's is <laughs> weird to say. I never had to say that. Ah. <laughs> um, so a Euro 89, you think that's a gallon, right? Nah. It's a liter. You know how many liters in a gallon? A lot. Four in some change. So that dollar, I'm oh, sorry, that Euro 89 multiplied by four, and that's how much you pay per gallon. So it was like $100 to fill up this little mini truck thing, like this mini baby SUV we got. Like, I thought, oh, this is gonna be great on gas, which it was. It was because we drove a lot, we drove a lot, but it was a hundred dollars to fill it up, and it that wasn't even like from full to empty, like that was like low, low, but not low, low, low. No, low, low. We
1: did almost run out of gas. Oh,
0: my bad. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Erase that, but we did almost run out of gas. You kind of you. but that story is definitely Patreon because that was. Ooh, we started thinking about life. And what it means. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll definitely get into that because there was some stuff going through my head. And I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Um, but yeah, it was such a fun trip. It was an eight out of ten parachute ruined it. Uh, Messi, uh Mbappe, Neymar, y'all let me down, gave me zero points. Um, I'll get into more of my experience at the stadium as well. It's probably a Patreon thing. Um, but yeah. It was such a time. Hopefully, you enjoyed hearing about it. Hopefully, you've been watching our social media. And if you haven't, please subscribe on Patreon. Why aren't you following us
1: on social media? You should be following us on social media. If you watch this podcast every Monday, you should be following us
0: on social media. It's, do I need the, to say it again. The Bond Chronicles, it, Mr. Ray Bond, Mrs. Bond Chronicles. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. Find us, follow, enjoy, share, and share. inspire. That's that's the biggest part. We probably should start with this. This ain't about us. This is not to brag to anybody. Like we make decent money. We got four kids. Like it is God that allows us to do this. Facts, because my.
1: Checking account, God did that. I don't I don't even know how we just mm. and I bought a Beyonce ticket
0: in the middle of vacation, she did, <laughs> amongst other things. So, oh, while I'm here, Beyonce, um, slightly walking back. Oh, yeah, back.
1: No, 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 go ahead and do it right. Um, did you see them VIP prices for the of those stuff?
0: I've They're seen still super high. prices for other people's stuff. They, I ain't seen them prices anyway. As I am going to say. I am slightly walking back my ticket price critique of her. Uh, my wife and her friend were able to get phenomenal seats at a phenomenal price at one of the shows. She did have to leave the country to do it. No, we did that on purpose. My point is she got those prices and experience by leaving the country. I don't know what the people's experience here was buying tickets, but um, you did as best you could from what I can understand. The From what I understand, the scene of the little password thing worked i didn't It hear. did, cuz i
1: barely was able to get in there I to didn't get the ticket a lot of
0: issues with like not being able to get tickets it was just if you got it you could afford it or not but shout out to you you did that and um so excited to see Beyonce thank and, you so we haven't covered the super bowl we
1: haven't covered anything Damn. y'all <gasps> cuz we
0: watched the we watched the yeah. super bowl at midnight um at 2 a.m. No, actually i watched rihanna okay. <laughs> i, so I watched rihanna. did so I we got to talk about that. There's uh, so many
1: things that was happening in
0: the United States while we oh, yeah, were gone. Was
1: train derailments, glimpses,
0: UFOs, <laughs> all that we ridiculousness heard.
1: Ridiculousness happening in the world. So we might try and drop another
0: episode we just so we can. Song, so.
1: Yeah, just so that we can talk we about. Watching. We was watching. Talk about some uh, of the things that and we saw. Shortly after this,
0: all Star, NBA All Star Weekend will happen. We had a dunk contest. Well, no, NBA
1: Weekend, it did already happen.
0: Yeah, what well, I it. said. It's shortly going to happen. Oh well, I meant we're gonna cover it. Have to cover. Oh it no, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, a lot, a lot of content for you. Uh, but you know what to do: subscribe to Patreon, like, share, and subscribe. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. We will tune back in next week. Stay tuned. Um, so you just want to swap the phones now? Oh yeah, I forgot. I record Patreon.
1: Forgot about recording Patreon. So what Why are we recording? Want
0: to do? I mean, cause it, it didn't come out to Thursday.
1: Right. I don't feel like it right now. Okay. And.